Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. Talk about college and skate mysteries. To close out this Black History Month, on Monday, February 28th, Patrick will be moderating a virtual panel discussion hosted by Good Push Alliance and the Harold Hunter Foundation. The theme is Black Health, Wellness, and Joy. Details and a registration link will be found in the show notes, so if you are so inclined, sign up and uh, get a little extra dose of, of Patrick since he's not on the show this week. On to the show. The College Skateboarding Education Foundation, aka CSEF, just opened up their fifth annual scholarship application, so that got us thinking about college. Jason, where did you go to college? I went to Columbia in New York. Flex. Yeah, so... <laughs> I don't think I've ever mentioned it before, just because you asked me a, the, a direct question. But yeah, so as you might expect, uh, skated the city a lot. You know, there were a, a couple like really dope like ledge plazas on campus. There was this one plaza that was kind of like a combination of like like the Vancouver New Spot in Embarcadero. It had like these three levels with like a ledge at the top and like a big brick type plaza. That place was dope. There was like a red marble ledge plaza. I don't know why anyone ever skated there. I guess like at that point there were so many spots like no one really cared. So yeah, that was fun. I like uh, well, there was no classes fr- at Friday anywhere. I don't think there is at any college. So I basically like Thursday night, like go hang out at Astor for like nine hours. Like no matter how cold it was. Um, Friday usually go to the banks and maybe downtown. But there was like a lot of people walking around like Wall Street during the daytime, so it was pretty hard to skate. Uh, Saturday. Maybe downtown and like midtown at night. Midtown Saturday night was like the move. You talking uh, like late nineties here? Yeah, 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 mid to late nineties. Yeah, that's the time frame. So, uh, yeah, it was it was dope. Like sometimes I kind of regret not doing quote unquote college stuff like partying or trying to hook up with girls and shit. But like then I kind of don't because like those girls are still there. I mean, like girls in general, not the same girls. Maybe, but I don't know. You know what I mean? But the spots are gone. Spots are all gone. You know, so that's just how it goes, I guess. How about y'all? Yeah, Mike, did you go to college? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got my very first skateboarding ticket at age 13 at my future alma mater, University of Minnesota. Went there straight out of high school, and I did the, did the thing where you're 18 and you move into a skate house near campus. And I think one of my roommates was 21, and the rest of the dudes were all like 24, 25. And I actually... Um, I don't even really blame it on the skate house, but I actually washed out of college after the first year. Like I made it two semesters, didn't have any idea what I what I wanted to do. And I realized that I also didn't have to go to class if I didn't want to. And so that kind of doomed me to like not finishing college that first try. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was my first go through. But a lot of skating, was in a skate house, skated the campus, skated downtown Minneapolis, all that. And I guess just to just to do the whole story, like skating got me interested in writing, journalism. I ended up going back when I was like 26 or 27, went to uh, Minneapolis Community Technical College, which was awesome to like kind of get my feet wet again. And then I finished a journalism degree at the U of M. So uh, so we're talking University of Minnesota, Golden yep. Gophers, Golden Gophers. Yep. Is that is that school in Minneapolis proper or like further out or what? It's in Minneapolis proper. It's like, it's very much center of the city. It's on the Mississippi River. That's cool. Um, And there is a St. Paul campus as well. So you can, uh, you take the campus connector bus and you get to the St. Paul campus. Both have spots, but majority are at the Minneapolis campus. Yeah, college is well worth attending just for the spots. There's just like, every college campus has at least a few good spots and plenty of shitty ones. (laughs) What, did, uh, what was your college situation, Templeton? I, I don't know how uh, representative we are of the typical skate podcast. Well, maybe we are representative of the typical skate podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what the other uh, podcasters are doing. But uh, yeah, I went to college straight out of high school, Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. Our college campus was where all the good spots were. The rest of the city kind of sucked for skating, but there was plenty on campus to skate and we would just like you know go to class in the morning and skate in the afternoon and it was just like every day we would just like cycle through the spots on campus and it was fucking rad uh i went to class like i went to all my classes because i knew that was the only time i was going to be thinking about school shit so if i if i'd skipped class i knew i just like 
I wasn't going to study. So I just knew I had to learn as much as I could in class and then skate the rest of the time. Met a bunch of great people that I'm still friends with today. Went on a bunch of skate trips. Like I, I highly recommend college if like, I mean, I, I know I'm uh, in a privileged position where like, m- like money wasn't a factor, like, and it was just understood for my whole life that I was going to go to college. So it was just like, yeah, go to college, skate a bunch. I knew I would graduate eventually. And like, I don't know. I mean, I I think that's like definitely a a position of privilege where I didn't have to worry about loans or like blowing it or anything like that. Did you guys have loans? No. Yeah. I've got, I've got some loans that are are still in action, but did have some, do have familial support on those. Yeah. Same position of privilege in in that respect for sure so like y'all are lucky you had like a crew at college i did not as far as i knew i was the only quote unquote real skater that i knew like in my like class there was one dude from california who was into like all that pop punk stuff like the winona riders and shit who skated like quote unquote skate but like as far as i knew, i was the only real like quote unquote real skater that i knew of there might have been some i don't know so like i had to link up with other people around town like my my best friend justin that i skate with like all the time at the nyu we were the only kids like around that i knew that weren't like in the cool guy club or whatever you know back then in new york so yeah that's how it was but uh yeah good times yeah i think we were all in college or jason you're about the same age as me right yeah i might be a couple years older i'm 44 okay yeah i'm i'm uh 42 so yeah you were a little ahead of me and i think it was like we were kind of on the cusp of skating not being quite as degenerate as it as it was before and but it not yeah. quite as popular as it is now so we weren't uh fully embraced but we weren't fully ostracized from uh, the rest of the population so good time to be in college i think what did you study templeton uh i got a uh, bs in uh communications with a minor in film studies and then at, right after graduation i moved to la and film skateboarding film studies so exactly. yeah, shit. So you end up using that film studies minor. Good, good for you, bro. I mean, really, like, what I was doing in college is I was skating and filming my friends, and that that experience got me my first gig filming with Barra, and you know that got me my career in skating. And then I wrote a lot of papers, and that's how I learned how to be a writer, I guess. What about you, Jason? You you uh, you went to college for writing, right? You're an English no, writer? I I just major majored in English. Like I took a couple of writing courses, but like I didn't, I didn't even think of like going to journalism school. I knew it, I knew that the Columbia Journalism School was real good, but I didn't want to go because I knew you like would hardly make any money, and like <laughs> I didn't want to be like a reporter. Like, hey, you know, these are the facts. You know, blah blah blah. blah. I thought I was going to end up getting a job in the music industry for some reason because I was like real active at the college radio and shit. Damn, and did like, you have a radio show? Yeah, yeah, I had a mix show. Sick. Dude, do you have any recordings of those? I wish, bro. I used to. I used to have a ton of them. They're they're lost, bro. They're lost to the sands of time. Damn. So yeah, outro ready made outro. Darn. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Anyway, so so I like knew some people, and our people at labels and shit. So I was like, oh, trying to get a job there. Like that didn't work out. I had one interview at uh, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy Records, and that didn't work out. So I was like, fuck, I don't know. So eventually I ended up like uh, working in the education field, which I do now. So there you go. So I guess I do kind of use my college in my job, some form or fashion. And Mike, did you go straight into being a reporter after graduating? Pretty much. Yeah, I kind of parlayed an internship I had into like like a freelance, like a steady freelance job with the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And then ended up doing community newspapers after that. And yeah, as a freelancer, again, I can say now a decade out of, out of college, out of journalism school that I'm still in the field of journalism. So that, that feels all right, because that's not always the case. Like, like Jason said, it's not necessarily where all the money is, but I haven't jumped to PR or advertising. Well, advertising is not usually the, the, the direct new field. It's usually PR or marketing or something like that. No, I'm still doing doing journalism type work so that's that's nice come over to the dark side mike (laughs) i don't know man we were talking to al last week about writing writing idiot like very very dense copy 
And uh, I don't know, my mind's just not there right now. Not yet. Yeah, I guess don't do it if you don't have to. I mean, maybe I'll get into PR and just start sending our own podcast weird pitches for <laughs> former freestylers. Let me pitch my podcast. No, no reason. No reason. Just do you want to interview this guy? Yeah, I think you could come up with a better PR pitch than a lot of the PR pitches that we get. Yeah, I don't need to go on the PR tangent. That was a, a favorite newsroom point of discussion. Yeah. Like and, hey. and like, it's, no, go ahead, Thomas. Oh, I was just going to say, hey, listeners, if any of you work in PR, we need a news hook. Like, Give, give us some reason to any talk reason. about whatever you're pushing. But you were saying, Jason? Do you, do you guys think that college advanced your skateboarding careers? Not that... Um, Career. <laughs> or, I, I guess what I'm getting at is when I went to college, I met a bunch of skaters. I skated a ton, traveled a ton. Those were kind of like the best days of my skating. Certainly, I was never sponsored or anything like that, but just those were the best days of my skating. Like, would you say the same, Jason, for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's probably when I was ripping the hardest around like, when I was like 20, 21, because like, A, you had a bunch more time. You can skate like three or four times a week. Fortunately, where I was, there were like lots of good spots. Like people started skating BAM and, you know, Newport started. That's that spot down at the seaport in New York with like the wooden benches with the angle iron on them that winning and pop ladder skate a lot in like their early careers. And, but like most of all, I think, just I was fortunate enough to like not really skate with all the time, but like just skate around pros and people who are like super fucking good. And that's the thing that'll really like push your skating and make you want to rip harder. You know what I mean? No matter like where you are, just like skating with people. I think I'll probably say this many times on this podcast, but like skating with people who are really fucking good will definitely like push your shit because like you have no choice. You know, if you're in a session with like I don't know whoever like Ronnie Torres or whatever, you know, you you have no choice. You have to like rip your hardest. You know. Or right, because you you're know. like that. This is what that's what the level is. I need yeah, to be at the yeah, level. Of the yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it might sound jockish or whatever, you know. But I don't know if you're, if you're trying to be good at skating, that's like a good way to do it. Just like be around people who are fucking ripping or skate with people who are ripping. You know, totally sure. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the time that I was supposed to be in college or could have been in college had like the original plan gone gone according to plan. Yeah, the skating was good back then. I mean, what I what I didn't do in school, like, you know, I wasn't going to school, but at that point, you know, I was helping make local skate videos, learned how to edit, started a website, you know, started a skate blog, learned random Photoshop skill, you know, just learned a bunch of stuff that is useful. Yeah, in whatever career I've, I've forged since then, but a lot of just like self-taught stuff in lieu of college back then. And then I do remember like showing up at the University of Minnesota I'm in my late 20s, I'm 30. And like, I was actually had, had, had a little bit of a leg up on some of the, you know, more college, like traditional college aged kids where, you know, I knew some coding, I knew WordPress, I knew this, I knew that just from learning it because it was fun to do in skating. So that was, that was cool. Was, is the blog you were referring to the world famous Platinum Seagulls? PlatinumSeagulls.com, yes. And I, I, I should uh, give, give mention to uh, Benji Meyer, who technically started it, but after like two years, I uh, took the reins of that thing. Now was, were y'all close in Minnesota or in Minneapolis? Is that close to Madison? Because University of Wisconsin-Madison was supposed to have like an insane amount of spots. Like there was a 411 like spot check or whatever type of segment they had about it so was that like in a reasonable travel distance from you or what five hours oh shit all right forget yeah that. yeah the, they had that metrospective though and yeah like, metrospective that's it i mean mayhew's from there grip of dudes are from there and yeah i mean slam banks slam banks is the main one just these crazy like brushed concrete wedges but no we actually i never ever skated there until I don't know, this past decade, probably. Oh, yeah, those slam banks are kind of like a super steep bank, and Dave Mayhew does like a Nolly front side 180 flip on them. Mayhew did and, everything and, on And like a Swiss 360 flip. Yeah. Et cetera. They have, they have a simulated slam bank at the new uh, Madison Concrete Park. That's pretty rad when skate parks pay homage to famous local spots. That's your yeah. one bit of skate park praise from me for the year. <laughs> 
<laughs> you mean you mean like the Big Apple at uh, LES? Mm -hmm. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> more like a like a metaphorical local spot or conceptual. Somehow the uh, Plymouth, Minnesota skate park has a large like metal P sculpture. I have no idea. There used to be um, there's a Pillsbury building downtown that had a granite P sculpture. Well, it was yeah, it was like a raised Pillsbury. I have no idea if it's an homage, but it's 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 a pretty sick coincidence if not. I thought I thought you were gonna say they have like a uh, a steak, a la like well, burning witches at the stake from the witch trials. I thought that's what you're gonna say. Wow, no, okay. That that was Salem, right? Not Plymouth. They might have done it in Plymouth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Plymouth Rock, Salem. Yeah, I was expecting that there'd be a big rock in the middle of the Plymouth Do a Plymouth rock to fakey or something. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, vibe vibes of skating rocks, etc. 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 Yeah. Pilgrim Fathers. One one thing I, I I'd like to add to this combo, just kind of touching on something I I, I mentioned already. Like I went when I did go back to college. I went to the community college, MCTC, and uh, yeah, just reiterate that was that was a really great route to go. And I know that like yeah, the four year university or whatever, not always the best option for people or the right fit. And like MCTC got me on track for sure in terms of good community. You know, a lot of immigrant students, people trying you know trying to make it work. And I guess I'm just going to say one more time, great environment. Really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, I mean, it, along those lines, if I was going to do it all over again, or just to recommend anyone who's like of college age these days or whatever, I mean, everyone's different, but I would probably like do two years at community college and then transfer somewhere, you know, just because of like you get some practice, you, you're more like on your shit, you're more mature, you know, after a couple of years. Yeah, that seems like kind of a smart thing to do but I, I think for me like the four-year college experience like I don't know I, I feel like I would have missed out on a lot of like those first two years of just like living on campus and like going to a bunch of dumb frat parties and shit like that like, did you join a fraternity no like I rush a fr I mean rush did you rush no fuck that I mean like I, that was not uh that was not for me like I, I didn't drink during in college I still don't drink so it's like you know what's the fucking point of all that shit and like my roommate first year rushed some fraternity and like people were always coming to like kidnap him in the middle of the night and all this shit <laughs> and the fucking i had no idea but yeah like i mean frats weren't even a big deal where i went and like because you know like it sounds stupid but like i was in the the skateboarding fraternity you know like those people were my friends that's who i fucking party with so yeah we called our our skate house by cap kickflip <laughs> Oh, that's good. It was fun, man. We, we we made a video that came out in 2001 called Shitheads Volume 8, and we lived near campus, and we went down frat row, and we'd made a Shitheads Volume 8 stencil, and we stenciled a bunch of the frat signs with that one night. Sick. It was fun. Not the sororities? You left them alone? You know, like, <laughs> the, the sororities just kind of weren't... In retrospect, now I know where the sororities are. We only knew where the frat houses were. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the sororities were throwing a bunch of parties that some skate dudes might end up at. One of my buddies, he, he he's, he's more in the used to skate realm, but uh, you could like rent a room. You could just rent a room in the frat house. And so he wasn't a member of the frat, but he lived there. Yeah, that's pretty weird. My sister actually <laughs> uh, rented a room in a frat house. Nice. Like a dude's frat house. And that was pretty weird. But yeah, I guess they got rooms to fill. They got bills to pay. No doubt. Well... This, this whole conversation was pegged on uh, the College Skateboarding Educational Foundation. So I, I should probably mention that if you are looking to go to college, you should uh, apply for some financial aid from these guys. Uh, if you skate, I reached out to Thomas uh, Barker from, from that organization and he gave me a little, a little extra info. And basically, you don't have to be a ripper, not that it hurts, but um, if you're pursuing higher education and you need a little money go fill out that application and maybe you'll get a little help and then if you want to help support the csef all that money actually goes to students like they um it's a fully volunteer organization so 100 percent of your money goes to the cause so definitely check that out that'll be linked in the show notes of course i think with um a lot of scholarships people often overestimate how many people are applying for them. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, if you apply, you have a pretty good chance of getting this one. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think that, uh, yeah, your, your chances are better than you probably think. So get that essay in order, folks. When I was doing a little uh, rudimentary research in preparation for this episode, I was looking at some listicles about pro skaters or dudes in skateboarding that went to college. And the one that stuck out to me most was Phil Shaw went to Berkeley. So oh, that's, yeah. that's oh, pretty yeah. cool. He was like slated to be the editor of Thrasher after Phelps. So, you know, it seems like he would have had the chops. Yeah, I think he was an English major as well. Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly. Yeah, that's crazy. Of course, the Sush English yes. major gotta be MFA. No, right MFA candidate. I don't think he's. I don't think he's MFA candidate. Yeah, gotta be English major. But yeah, everyone knows like a lot of a lot of good skaters went to Temple actually. Like uh, Gorecki, shout out to Jimmy Gorecki, the Sush. Yeah, Jack Sabak. I actually oh, stayed yeah, on yeah. his uh, dorm room floor one time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> Ripper. Yeah. So kids, if you want to go to college, it's not gonna kill your skateboard career, and it might. Um, might lead to a career in skateboard podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really loved college, man. Like fucking college, bro. Like biking through campus and <laughs> like twenty eight, listening to Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Dude. Dirty dream number two on a fall day on a bike. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, college was pretty fucking great. You really, you really like put me in a place there, Mike. What I do? You, you put me in a place. I just want to like, I can just feel myself riding my bike, listening to Bell and Sebastian on a sunny afternoon. It, it, it was good. It was real good. <laughs> yeah. In the not too distant past, before college, before the internet, and before the proliferation of skateboarding in general, the skate world was filled with mysteries. We were left to our own devices to figure out how to flip the skateboard or what cool was. Mike, do any particular mysteries stick out to you? One's a like a personal mystery. I was at Al John's, which was like a chain store here in the Twin Cities, maybe even Minnesota. I don't know how far out they got. But um, Al John's at Calhoun Square, it must have been 96, 97. And I'm in the back of the shop. They sold bikinis, skateboards, snowboards, maybe a boogie board. But um, I know now in hindsight that Colin McKay's questionable video part was on and he did that nollie late flip down that five stair in Vancouver. I think it's Vancouver. And mm-hmm. I'd never seen, you know, any late flip, let alone that one. And, you know, he's a kid. It's all super rad. And I asked the dude working at the shop who now in retrospect, again, like probably wasn't that much older than I was. He was, you know, 18 if I was 15. And the dude had no idea what skate video it was. He just straight up didn't know. It was on like a mix that the shop was playing. And so I didn't, I didn't know what questionable was for another couple of years after that. And it just, I didn't know it. The kid at the shop didn't know it. And so, it was, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just a mix that we have. That's what he told me. That's pretty wild that Colin McKay's footage from questionable ended up on some like electronic stores loop to show how rad the TVs are. Oh, I mean, it was a, it was a skate shop. It was a skate shop. Oh, oh, I was, I was imagining it was like Circuit City, and that's what the, what was on there, you know, to show well, off all fantastic. the TVs. Yeah, no, I think it was like a, you know, uh, a, one of those quote unquote master tapes with like five or six skate videos on it. Yeah, yeah, like a dub. But yeah, it was it, it was bizarre because that kid had no idea. You know, he had no way to find out what it was, and then I was just there, and I've never seen that trick. I don't even know what it was. How do you do that? So. There's two types of mysteries in skating because um, it's, a, it's a relatively new thing. The first one are is practical mysteries, like how to do stuff. Second one is mysteries of industry lore. That a lore one would be, um, you know, why did Mark Gonzalez quit blind, or what happened to Socrates's like world blind footage from like 1993, whatever. The biggest practical one for me, well, a couple of them, especially like growing up, was how to 360 flip. If you saw someone who could 360 flip good, it was like they were a, a wizard or a warlock. <laughs> Second one is how to skate transition good. I still have no idea how to skate transition good. Just like getting speed and shit. Like, I don't know about y'all, but there there's maybe one mini ramp around us growing up and like hardly ever got to skate it and shit. And just like how people would like consistently get speed and like get up on the lip and shit. 
is lip even a word am yeah. i using the right word there lip lip, oh, lip is yeah yeah it was, it was like a mystery i have no idea i still have no idea shout out anyone who can skate transition good yeah i feel like it was so hard to unlock tricks back in the day like i lived in suburban north carolina there was basically no skate scene i mean there there was a skate scene i just wasn't plugged into it so the skate scene to me was just me and my friends and we were all just learning how to skate so we had nobody to learn from so we just you know we would analyze magazines with like a you know seven shot sequence that these days would be like 15 shots or something so there was like a lot left to the imagination to try and figure stuff out and it was very slow going and probably affects me to this day i'm afflicted without uh the ability to do a nollie kickflip makes me think of we were fascinated by it was it was a concept it wasn't a trick because we didn't know what the trick was but we knew that there was a trick called an ollie impossible like mm -hmm. me and my little skate crew and we we literally like would sit there you know skating the two stair or whatever theorizing about what an ollie impossible could be because it's such a badass name right like, right like we 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 did figure out it had to it had to go vertical at some point um though i think i ended up being disappointed when it was probably secondhand smoke with rodney mullen doing doing his little freestyle routine with the taped fingers at the beginning of his part where oh okay that that's an ollie impossible you know you know how you eventually like pick this stuff up through osmosis i think we were a little disappointed i think we actually came up with a better trick than what an Ollie Impossible actually is, though I couldn't tell you what that that is in practice. Yeah, we need to see that Minnesota Impossible. Man, I think I maybe it went like just vertical through your legs twice. Who knows? Whoa. Like end over end. Yeah, I I never got into Ollie Impossibles because like I started skating like '92 or whatever, and they were kind of over by then, and like none of the world guys did them. So by the time I was, they kind of came back. I like didn't care. I was like whatever. It's not like ledge tech or whatever you know kind of didn't care yeah i started skating in 95 and so i knew about pressure flips impossible well no i didn't know about any of it because it all came later but by the time i knew about pressure flips like and or impossibles that scoop scrape thing was just nothing i ever learned how to do that's another one how to do a pressure flip can either of you guys do them no that's one like like I'm not good at flip tricks in general, so I was just like, yeah, that's not for me. Like, like it would take a lot of work for me to learn it, and I think the trick is ugly, so it's just like not not gonna not gonna do it. Like you knew if you saw someone who's like one corner of their tail was completely fucked, you were like, oh yeah, that kid's got a good pressure flip. But like, no, I never figured out how to learn them, how to like exert pressure or whatever to get your board flip. I was like, I never got into learning them. So who who are the people that unlocked some mysteries for you, Mike? Like I'm I'm sure as your crew expands, as you get older and like get access to cars and you know meet more people, you find people who know how to do these things. Like do you have an experience where where you learn from someone who who had uh, unlocked some mysteries? My older brother, who definitely did not skate, had a buddy who did, or at least a little bit. And he did a like a nolly slide shove it, pop shove it way. So like a nolly, yeah, nolly backside shove it. Mm -hmm. And the, this dude who I, I cannot remember his name. I can't even picture the guy anymore. You showed me that nolly shove it. And that was the first trick that I actually learned. Yeah. First non-ollie trick. Nice. Nolly shove it. That. Nolly shove it. Well, nolly. Yeah, that's nolly a pretty good, like, like, that's a good like, Grom trick. I don't know if I'd ever... I'm trying to think, you know, like when when did I get my first skate video, which was four one one ten, because you know that obviously opened a lot of doors. That was that was me going to the shop and saying, "Hey, what's the best video?" And the guy pointed to Secondhand Smoke, and it was thirty bucks. And I'm like, "Uh, what's the what's the next best video?" And I remember, yeah, he explained that four one one had everybody in it, and so that's what I grabbed, blew it. So what was so when when did you end up seeing Secondhand Smoke? Gosh, it was uh, just guessing later that year. Maybe, you know, maybe it was like, oh, yeah, I'm really into this. I'm, I'm committing to SHS. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. Did, did you guys have similar randoms in your upbringing that helped unlock things? I don't remember anyone directly to me, but uh, one of the people that I grew up skating with, you know, like my very first skate crew, uh, there was this kid, David Parker. He was like a year older than me, and he 
went somewhere and came back and he knew how to do shove it. He had, you know, been given, you know, the mystery had been unlocked for him. So he, he unlocked the mystery for the rest of us. You know, it was all about the back foot it was mm-hmm. the secret. So yeah, it was like, you know, a secondhand mystery unlock. How about you, Jason? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, well, back to like transition, like I think my friend Andrew told me a good way to think about skating, like skating a mini ramp. It's like you have to go from like this, you're in like a circle, right? And you have to go from the circle to the flat. It's like two different dimensions or whatever. So that helped me think about just like, you know, just popping out of the transition and like, you know, landing on the, the deck or whatever on lift and shit. But yeah, I still suck. I still suck at transition, but that helped me out like a, a little bit. Um, some other mysteries just with like gear and shit. I don't know if this was like a DC thing or if it was anywhere else, but like the fat tongues with half cabs, I had no idea how people did that. Like I, they might've like stuffed extra socks under the tongue, or I think at some point they were like, take, they would take an old half cab tongue and like sew it. Cause like the half cab tongue, at least like when they came out, they were like super thin, right? Like a regular band's tongue. So mm-hmm. At some point, I heard they were like taking another tongue and like sewing it to the regular tongue. I don't know. That's still kind of a mystery. I don't know if people did that shit. Doped out tongues were magical, man. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, Brian Dale skating the vert ramp at the Virginia Beach Skate Park, and he was wearing the MJ1 Americas, and he slammed, and the dope tongues that he had stuffed in those Americas fell out onto the flat bottom, and he had to like collect up the tongues. Uh, as, he, as he exited the ramp and i was like oh he's he's like double tonguing these shoes very interesting so that was like a, a mystery unlock just uh, oh, just from yeah. being around was that was that trashmore or the other park no this was vbsp this was uh i guess trashmore was still around but this is the indoor park oh shit all right okay yeah, yeah. that was the first oh, tra- that was tra- the first yeah. vert ramp i ever dropped in on damn good for you i've never i'll probably I'll probably go to my grave never having dropped in on vert. Oh well, <laughs> it's a fun like uh, it's like a roller coaster, you know, like a thrill ride. Yeah, totally. I like to do it like just as a. It's almost like a circus trick. If I go to a skate park somewhere and there's like a big vert thing, I'll go drop in on it. And people are like, "Whoa, you're crazy!" <laughs> but that that's all I got. Then I'll just just leave. I'm pretty psyched we got a Brian Dale mention on it. At least for the podcast I've been in. That's a first. Yeah, yeah Dale is, uh, it's funny. He's from Winston-Salem where I'm from. So he, like, we've always, are. he's always been kind of like, um, like a local legend, I guess. And like, I would like run into him at various points, kind of like in my career in skateboarding, you know, like I was just like a Grom and he was like trying to sell me a, a deck or something and then like i was like down with people at endless grind at some point and he was working at endless grind so i was like kind of cool at that point and then uh you know it's funny how as you get older the skate generations just like blend together and yeah. now we're just like friends on instagram um i think of blunt kickflips with him is that a decent assessment yep nice. yeah he had one in uh trans world video it was on a, it was on, why do I, I have it pictured perfectly in my head. It might've been in that Visalia, not by starts with a V though, Southern California though. It's like a quarter pipe. And then there's a, like a bar for some reason above the quarter pipe. Yep. Exactly. Perfect. So funny. So funny that you know who Brian Dale is. I mean, he, for me, he's like the local legend, but you know, I don't know why you would know who he is. Well, I mean, it's, I, and it, it goes back to um, the mysteries where like, any little bit of information you can get, you watch. Let's say it's a skate video. You watch it one thousand times with your friends. You know, you just kind of like. It, I was always really interested in just kind of mentally. What's the word I'm looking for? Like just, just, just organizing all the information, all the skate information I could get, just like memorizing it. And so yeah, that's that's why Brian Dale to this day is like, oh yeah, blunt kickflips. <laughs> I'm aware of that guy. I think I follow him. I think I follow him on Instagram. Like I, first time I became aware of him, I think he had some like a venture ad, like switch 360 flipping the seven. I was like, damn, who's this dude? Switch 360 flipping the seven. Yep. He did and, have that um, ad. I remember yeah, seeing I, that ad being like, Oh, I know that dude. And he he was standing next to Cairo Foster in Cairo Foster's Wheels of Fortune. Hmm. Oh, Cairo with glasses. 
Yep. So those are some like practical mysteries. What about like industry lore and shit like that? We heard a rumor that Mariano Switch 360 flipped the Santa Monica triple set. It ended up being a was that double set that like cost and switch heel flips maybe in the yeah end. oh yeah yeah the um yeah the yeah that's a fan the imperial double yeah set. yeah but it was it was always yeah. like holy shit mariano did this but he didn't film it or the the tape broke or the camera exploded you know there's there was that type of lore yeah there and, was always that lore of like the dude who just did it no camera but it's, it's did he really do that i don't know yeah, he he talked. God talked about it in some video. Like uh, he said, like he did it, but Socrates or whoever was filming, like the camera wasn't on or something, or <laughs> wasn't ready. And then after he did it, he was just like over it, and he never went back and did it. I can't think of any like industry gossip that that was mysterious to me at the time. I feel like I was so isolated, like, and I was not like one to hang out at the skate shop and like get all the gossip or anything or like talk to the reps. So it was just like, I just didn't hear any gossip. Yeah. Or even later there was um, one, <laughs> one good one that comes to mind and it's been, I think it was addressed on the Chrome ball incident, but this was always a story that we're heard after plan B ended after the revolution video, Brian Emmers was rumored to have, um, and again, this is in the Chrome ball incident. So I'm, I, I don't feel like I'm, you know, creating any waves or anything but uh brian emmers was said to have sent out like a tape to girl chocolate alien workshop this was the rumor this was the story circulating in town and basically it had like a note tape to it that just said recognize the skills and so for some reason you know in 2003 or whatever we were hearing that that was a real story i mean the dude was the dude was an amazing skateboarder back in the day it didn't make sense that he didn't have another sponsor lined up right after plan B went under. So it was believable. People just didn't what? recognize the skill. It was like a post-it note. Yeah. See, that's, that's where the details get a little hazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be funny. It's like a post-it. That would be amazing. Post-it note. What about Mark Johnson's missing enjoy part? I still don't know what the story is with that. Did it was end he up supposed on to have YouTube a bag of sucker? I don't think so. So I guess theoretically it would be footage from while he was still on Enjoy. I'm not sure of like the timeline of Bag of Suck, Mark Johnson leaving Enjoy, Chocolate. Chocolate was like 2003. Bag of Suck was 2006, give or take. Okay, all right. So it will be footage, MJ Enjoy footage from when he got on Enjoy till he left. 2004 maybe. for Yeah. So I don't, who knows? It might be on some hard drive somewhere. In that same vein, and I, I feel like I've refer- referenced it on on here before, but like, is there is there veracity to the idea that like there was going to be a blind video as teased in Tim and Henry's, but the footage got stolen? Like, is that an urban legend? Mm, I'm not sure about the stolen part. I think. Let me think here. I think in some Jake Rosenberg interview, I think it might have been him. Like they were filming for a blind video, but like the only people who really had a lot of footage were Tim and Henry. So they were just like, oh, let's put out this Tim and Henry promo video, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And like they never got around to doing another one. That's where the missing Socrates footage comes in. Yeah. Um, Speaking of missing footage, I referenced the time, I think on the predictions podcast where my buddy Benji's camera got stolen out of his bedroom in our house and a Sam McGuire clip went missing. Apparently, apparently, that dude, Sam McGuire, Photog, Ripper, he uh, backside 180 nose grinded pyramid ledges in New York. And apparently that clip was also in the camera when it was stolen, according to Benji Meyer, when we were texting about stolen cameras. Man, there, there could be a good listicle of missing or stolen footage that never never saw the light of day because i'm thinking i remember reading that half the footage for transworld's video radio got stolen i remember reading that the footage was in a clark's box and somebody stole this clark's box i'm sure thinking they're getting some dope shoes and just ended up with a bunch (laughs) of tapes Some, some desert boots yeah and then uh i think adam crew had like a part for either Tobok or maybe Pop War. 
and then the, all the footage got stolen for that. And then I think that would have been his like main part, you know, for his career. Because I feel like he never had like the part. Yeah, dude, Tobak and Papua are like a wash of nostalgia right there. Yeah. It is. There's a bunch of them. I think like a bunch of like, I don't know if it was Harold footage, Rest of Beast Harold, or like Underworld Element, like somebody's camera got stolen. No, maybe, maybe it was Jeff Pang. Like Jeff Pang had a grip of footage or one of those dudes and the tape got stolen. And then that, that was supposed to be like either like part of the Element video or part of Sky Pager. Or like one of those dudes somewhere in that scene. So my buddy used to be, he, he sent tapes everywhere. Ridiculous at it ridiculous at it like motion graphics skater flying through the air awesome but he uh he got on flow for gullwing so he's getting like a set, a set of trucks every three months and apparently they were making some video and so he sent off like six or seven high eight tapes that had clips of like our whole crew on it as well and obviously nothing ever came about of it tapes were gone never got them back so there is missing very bad footage of my little suburban minneapolis skate crew from like 1996 97 it, it still might be at the who's in charge of going like tracker wasn't going like tied into tracker at that point good question man. it might still be at the what was that distribution climax? yeah climax. it might still be at the climax distribution offices under that hip at the climax <laughs> under that <part>. hip <laughs> with like the fucking uh circus painting or sort of like circus pattern or whatever Ronnie Bertino switch burial healed over like my that's funny hair, Ollie. Damn, what what a heavy nostalgia episode this is turning out to be. Man. Listen, we're not a nostalgia operation, but sometimes, you know. Sometimes that's it how happens. it goes. Yep. Well, I'm sure we'd all be stoked if any of those lost tapes were to resurface uh somewhere on the internet so that we could see Mike's six stare Ollie. Oh, that's a big claim. I don't know if I'd gotten that gnarly at that point. I believe it. If you were hanging out with somebody who is flow for going. <laughs> he got harassed so bad. Like he'd skate by and dudes would, like are, you know, now friends because those generations collapsed, but they'd make like a shaka sign and go, ah, ah. And he'd skate <laughs> by at the skate park, dude. He was called going boy. <laughs> Justin Neal. Oh man. I'm, <laughs> I am ripping. stoked on that uh, nickname for sure. Oh yeah. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on Minnesota Timberwolf Carl Anthony Towns winning the three-point contest last weekend at the All-Star game. Shouts to the Timberwolves. Just beat the Memphis Grizzlies as this podcast was being recorded. Stoked on an impulse by fired by Todd Bratrude, who posted some 40 cake, 40 cakes? Yeah, 44 millimeter wheels. And so I just bought some too i have no idea what i'm gonna do with those tiny little wheels and i kind of feel like i'm posing because like i never skated really when wheels were that small so i feel like a dude who all of a sudden has rails and doesn't know what to do with them but i'm gonna figure out what to do with those wheels i think they're gonna be fun i'd skate them i'm gonna skate them yeah i have to put them on something weird and learn like like a like a 7.31 yeah i got one of those type of you gotta find a Mariano or a Sheffy. Yeah, yes, day. that one Mariano board, like with like the yellow uh, girl logo. I'll be able to three sixty flip again. This is great. Uh, <laughs> also stoked on the Reed Max Substack by Max Reed, which was on the two thousands. I want to get this headline right. What were the two thousands? Um, this kind of dovetails with something that Jason is stoked on, but uh, it, it's an interesting kind of attempt at nailing down the aughts decade jason what are you stoked on well we just talked about gold wings um another truck brand is manufactured in san francisco california it's called venture venture truck stoked on them my favorite probably my favorite writer one of definitely top three chuck closerman just came out with a new book called the 90s which is totally in my wheelhouse he talks about like the beginning of the internet like uh e like x files oh, video man. stores home video basically like everything culturally that was going on in the 90s it, it's pretty great you read it currently am i reading currently yeah oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm about halfway through so yeah it's it's pretty dope if if you like him or even if you're like interested in the 90s also uh kind of late on this one listener danny garcia not that danny garcia different danny garcia 
hit me to the latest Gronz World video, like Max Gronzi and all them. It's a full length. It came out like a month ago. I don't know why I missed it. But anyway, yeah, it has all the Eurotech like heavy hitters, including Kyle Nicholson, a national treasure. Probably the best Kyle Nicholson footage in years. Also stoked on youth supervision, like Diedrich Galasso skates to Free by Denise Williams, which is a, a jam. So yeah, if you're into the Eurotech or spot porn, definitely some top tier spot porn in there. Definitely uh, check that one out. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on my cordless angle grinder. Got it for Christmas and uh, a couple weekends ago, finally got to take it out and uh, grind down a ledge that I found. Ended up using some bunk clear coat, so the ledge ended up not being that great, but still the, the cordless angle grinder is going to be in my arsenal for many years to come. It's going to hook up a lot of ledges, so stoked about that. Stoked on my Skate Shop Day t-shirt from Smart Collective. Ran into listener Joel at the shop. He hooked me up with some bolts that I had forgotten that I needed, and when I was ready to, to make a second purchase, he's just like, just take them. So thank you so much, Joel. Super stoked on my bolts and my t-shirt. Also stoked on uh, Cliptown USA video. I think it's on Free Skate Mag. It'll certainly be linked in the show notes. Really good Midwest skate video with some very hot skate porn. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> Yo, uh, that's, that's, that's fun that you bring that up. I should have been stoked on that too. But uh, the homie Matias in there, he skates the butcher shop that's like 75 feet from my house. Backlip shove it. She does a backlip shove it on a flat bar. I saw those dudes that day, actually. Sick. Did your house get BGPs? You can't see the house because the railroad tracks are in the way, but I skated down the hill with my kid on her scooter. And so we said what up to the boys as they were getting that line. Sick. Well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about in other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? Sorry, I knocked my uh, earbud out. You, you, can edit, you can edit that out. That was great audio, actually. <laughs> on the Instagram, at Frozen Carbonite. On the Twitter, at Carbonite1994. I'm pumped. I just crossed 2,000 followers after like 13 years or whatever. Stoked on my, stoked on my Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And writing stuff for scoresnacks.com. New stuff in the works right now. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter, mostly Instagram sometimes. Same handle, at M Munzenrider. Templeton, where are you on the You can find me on Instagram, at Mostly Skateboarding. On Twitter, at Mostly Skate. And recently, i kind of been fucking around with TikTok. What? Um, hey yeah, it, It's... It's weird. You've been, learning, you've been learning them dances? No no dances for me. Um, it's it's real weird. Uh, but anyway, I'm on TikTok at Templeton Elliot. Two L's, two T's, Elliot. Follow me or don't. It's weird. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Later.
no escape from you And the town's so small There's nothing left to do Could you burn a name to someone? 